Welcome to CTO Think, a podcast about leadership, product development, and tech decisions between two recovering chief technology officers. Here are your hosts, Don Vandemark and Randy Burgess. Hey, Randy, what's going on this week? Let's see. So I, we've talked about before, I've been doing, I mean, I've been working on a number of client projects, signed up a new client this week. It's a small, it's a Drupal related one. Um, but it's, you know, a good, a, a good client. And I like talking with the, I like the communication with the client. Um, straight, pretty straightforward, but um, sometimes you can have clients that are all around difficult and this person and I always feel like I'm getting the straight info on what they need and what they expect. So I like that. Um, I also started working. <laughs> I opened up uh, the Firebase function side of the Chasms app that I had worked on almost a year ago. Uh, and man, <laughs> like, <laughs> looking and what at, have you learned? <laughs> well, it's more of, I understand at first I was like, why did I make this so complex? And then I got into it deeper and go, Oh yeah. Now I realize why it was so complex. And I always understand how developers talk about, clean code and simplicity. And then I also think about, oh, I didn't know half the things I know now about Firebase and stuff since I wrote that. And as well as, oh, the complex layers are still there. I can't just code that stuff away. I could abstract it into a separate module or something, but that doesn't mean it's less complex. So uh, a lot of uh, and I also almost, and this is maybe a subject for this old app. I went through phases of, I hate TypeScript and I don't want to use it anymore <laughs> to, to, I have no choice. I must use TypeScript mainly because Firebase, uh, Firebase functions is stuck on an older version of Node and I like ES6 features. But, sure. you know, ultimately um, trying to, trying to just catch up on my own code and deal with some of the frustrations of updated NPM packages. That's been my week, but everything's going well. Baseball started, which I know you don't care about, but is always a fun time of the year for me. So how about you? Yeah, I, it was funny. I, I'm in a football officials Facebook group. Um, and, and one of them posted something about opening day <laughs> and I'm like, wrong group, get out of here. <laughs> Cause I just don't care. Um, if I watch, if I watch four innings of baseball during the regular season, it's, it's because somebody's tied me down. So let me ask this. Would, do you think you'd be a better ump in baseball because you don't care? about the sport itself. No, because I'd be asleep. Even in, like every baseball <laughs> play you have to be on. Yeah, no, I don't think I would because I don't think, I, I mean, people talk about how baseball is so strategic and all that. And I'm like, I just don't get it. I don't get what you say is strategic. So, no, I think I think I'm a better football official because I do care so much, and I do um, I, I like all the intricate details of football. Um, yeah. So, anyway, we're getting off topic. <laughs> so, uh, what's up with uh, with uh, us? So, we're um, uh, mantra of the year is we're working on. Um, work on security, work on SOC 2 audits, things like that. Mm -hmm. um, and then we also, and I think this is what we're going to talk about today. We're thinking about adding a feature set to um, the Aspire EDU suite, um, which is great. Um, it, it, it's great when, when you're adding a feature set. It's, about, it's around reports and report creation. Um, and 
there's just I, I in, in my mind there's not really a way for us to tackle it with the development team we have because we're so, they they've got so much work to do as it is. Sure. Um, so what we're looking to do potentially is go ahead and bring on another developer, um, either full time or or part time. Um, so that's what I really wanted to uh, talk about today was what goes into a job description. Um, I know how I would have written a job description five to 10 years ago. I would have listed every single piece of technology we use and every single piece of technology we think we're going to use and try to have um, potential candidates say, yeah, I, 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 I know, you know, four or five of those and I'm interested in three or four of those. That looks like a good job to me. Um, I think through some of the discussions we've been having, um, and, and and through some of the exposures to some of the, uh, communities we've, we've had, um, that seems to be not the way to go. The, the more you put into a job requirement, um, the more some populations see that as disqualifiers. Yeah. Um, to where they look at it and they go, I'm not qualified for that. I'm going to, I'm not going to apply. Um, and that's not at all what I'm looking for. Um, so let me interject real quick. Are we mm-hmm. writing a job description for another human being to come work with you all? Or are we writing a description where you convince yourself that you are the person that's going to do it? <laughs> no, I am not the person that's going to do it. There's no, there is absolutely no doubt about this one. Um, <laughs> I don't want to touch this code, not because it's bad, okay. just because I, I have tried numerous times to get into Django and Python and I just, it's not clicking for me. Um, I don't know why, but it just, it, it, it doesn't feel right to me. So <laughs> that's so weird. Like, even if you were to tell me today, like, Hey, I need you to work with any language across the space that I ha- that I haven't worked with, of all of them, Python to me is the closest to Ruby and therefore the easiest syntax to... I don't necessarily like how the community works all the time, and I don't think Python is great for web development. But overall, I think it's a easy-to-read-and-use code base. Yeah, and 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 I've uh, I can write Python. I've done it. I've done it for data analysis. I've uh, I've done it for various <laughs> things. IPython is a great notebook to use to to kind of like a code pen, um, or or kind of yeah. like an online um, CLI. Um, so so the, those are all great things. I just can't get into it. Um, yeah. And again, it comes down to you compared it to rails. Well, you're right. That's, I could, I had trouble getting into rails as well. And, and it comes back yeah. to my background being scripting versus compiled. Um, well, then, no, this is good because that means you will not hire yourself to do this. There's no way. There's no way. There's no way. <laughs> so before we get into the person, I mean, we're talking about writing a job description. Yeah. Can we talk about what your reporting project needs before we get into the person to hire to solve the problem? Well, and that's that's step one is I started having conversations yeah. with um, our current developers and I said, listen, um, what do we want this person to know? What do we want them to do when they come in? We're going to bring on we're, we're potentially going to bring on the third person to help spread the load should they come in and be focused on report the report creation system and if so do i need to be looking for specific skill sets um and the uh, first answer was no no for yes you can bring in another person but the two of us have such deep knowledge of the system that we feel we're probably better served to either write it or be really involved in architecting it. Um, a third person would help in spreading the load of everything else so that, um, so that we can focus on it. So we, we really, 
we really want somebody who who knows Django and bless his heart. One of a uh, nice Southern expression there. One of um, the developers was like, well, it'd be nice if they knew GraphQL and any name, three or four other things. And I'm like, we don't even use GraphQL today. And, and I said, listen, uh, those are all nice things. Horrible. And yes, adding knowledge to the team would be great. But at the end of the day, we need two things. We need Django and we need Postgres. And I'm not even convinced we need Postgres more than we need some exposure to a relational database. I know where I'm talking out of turn because um, I would rather hear more about what you need. But I, I mean, I've built a reporting system from scratch before against my own desire to not build it from scratch. <laughs> yeah, we'll get but, into that later. But the, the, the executive director put me in a position where I couldn't find a tool to do these customizations that they wanted. And I'm like, this is going to make everything about this custom when there are so many reporting engines out there. And so that's one tactic I want to talk about. But <clears throat> the statement your, your developer made there was, I want someone to teach me about toys. Yeah. And that's kind of, cause that's, I mean, GraphQL is not a toy, but it's also not really needed um, unless you're building a complete custom SaaS reporting product. But I, but really what I want to ask is why does Django and even Postgres necessarily matter for a reporting engine? Uh, again, because we're not hiring the person for just the reporting engine. We're hiring a third developer to the team. Um, okay. So the, the, the impetus, the, the rationalization, the justification is because we're going to be adding, potentially adding revenue due to the reporting system. Um, mm. there's going to be additional development burden because of the reporting system, but yeah. that's the first thing we came to is no, we do not want this for this person to be necessarily the person writing the reporting system. We want them to come mm. in and be a third member of the team duties to be defined later. Um, yeah. okay. so your question's valid because in a reporting system, what do you need to be able to do? You need to be able to pull data out of the database, parse it in some way and display it. Um, to where knowledge of Postgres yeah. might be interesting um, and, and useful, um, but Django knowledge less so, except we kind of want it to feel like everything else we do. Um, but that to some degree is even more front end than anything. Um, but that's, that's the answer. Um, so mm -hmm. really what we're looking for more than looking for somebody to write the reporting system is a third developer. Um, and I think the base requirement is Django and Postgres. And like I said, I'm even, I'm even willing to, to be a little softer on the Postgres. If they've done relational database work, Django has an ORM. It's not, it's going to be very similar. Um, yeah. The, the only, the only stipulation in my mind, and I need to, I need to actually push it to the side because it's going to inhibit my decision-making um, is that the two developers we have are not database heavy guys. They're used to using the ORM. So any database heavy problem we have, I don't have somebody on the team who's really knowledgeable except for these guys are great and, and they, they work through it, but that's not where they grew up was in the system. They grew up in the ORM. So, um, so I, I think I'll, I, I think I will, I will let that be and not worry about it because we've made it work to this point. Um, but if I found somebody who, who really knew their, their relational data databases and specifically Postgres, that would be a nice compliment to the team we've already got. Yeah. And 
And also to the point of you tried to hire a Postgres expert in the past, which bombed, not not due to your fault. And you've you've recognized a backend expertise as something you would like. So based on all that, I'd say normally I'd say, hey, if they know relational like you said earlier, if they like if they know relational databases, great. But I would say if they ha- if they know MySQL or MariaDB or something only, and then you bring them in, you you might you got to bring them in as a. I would say your expertise that you need is Postgres, not that you can't map it, but you're hiring someone to be on the team and bring expertise, not to be someone learning the back end. Because I guess in theory, you want to hire someone that can teach the rest of your team the intricacies of Postgres, right? It's not a requirement. It's what the the requirement is that they can step into the team and be functional. Um, so it, yes, a nice to have would be someone who knows Postgres better than my current developers but it's not a disqualifier. And, and that, again, it comes to how do I write this job description so that it's not, so that I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, so that I get the, the maximum amount of candidates that will fit. And then I can rank order them and, and go through the discussions with them. Yep. So, um, so, so, so now going back to the writing of job description, are we going to go, do you want to, well, I mean, we can talk about this a number of ways. Do you want to just kind of brainstorm on what you're looking for? Or do you want to talk about like how to write a description? Yeah, let's, what, what do you, let, how do you let, let's talk about, let's talk about what should go into a descript uh, a description in 2019 um, yeah. in order to pull in the maximum number of qualified candidates um, for even from underserved communities. And, and that that's not me going out there and saying, I'm only going to look at underserved. It's me saying, it's me saying, I want to make it accessible to underserved, which, which doesn't always Mm -hmm. come across in all job descriptions. Um, so so let's 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 be real uh, let's be real specific on that point. Um, I, I've been a little general. Let's be a little bit more specific. Um, some of the work, uh, some of the readings I've done, and some of the discussions I've I've had are with the um, with people in the Moms Can Code community and other um, other female developers. Um, one of the things that and, and I don't know how to say this without generalizing it. So I'm going to say it and, and hope I don't overgeneralize mm-hmm. it. And maybe you'll think of a better way to say it. One of the things that comes up within um, the female developer community is that some of the less experienced female developers feel the imposter syndrome um, more acutely than, than, uh, male developers do. Um, so that's, that's where not writing the job description to include 30 requirements is important because you want, you want to make it feel like they do belong. They do need to apply because they do fill the requirements. Um, like I said, that's a little generalizing, but I think that, that, summarizes yeah. the, 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 the concern. Um, so to that end, we've got, uh, I mean, the system's built on Django. I can't get away from that requirement. Um, yeah. It's built in Postgres. I'm willing to say relational with a bend uh, with a, with, with Postgres knowledge being um, preferred. I'm willing to say that. Yeah. Because I think those two things are rock solid. Got to have them. I can't have somebody coming in and say, well, I know rails. That's not going to do it. Um, yeah. 
we've done a lot of our front end in React. However, I'm not, I don't think, going to include that as a job requirement. I'm going to stick to Django and Postgres because the React component is simply whatever my guys have taught themselves. Um, so I don't think we're doing anything significantly um, sophisticated. So I'm comfortable okay, so, that somebody can come in and figure it out, figure that part out. So building a reporting system, reports and presentation and data visualization, React is one of many ways that you do that. Right. So when you talk when you're talking about this reporting system, what are you thinking about in terms of spreadsheets, in terms of exports, in terms of PDFs, in terms we, of... We haven't even gotten um, to defining all that yet. Okay, so I agree you need a Python person with that understands Django enough to be able to start working in the platform. But when you, you're hiring someone and their main task from day one is going to be a reporting system. May, their, their main task may be the reporting system. Okay. There, so you, to me, you just like any build versus buy scenario, you should be thinking a lot about how you're going to do reporting. Right. In terms of one from the product side, what are you? What is this feature going to do? Are there companies that are providing that service for you? Because, like, let's say you get in this scenario where you where you have all these custom features. You can't find a SaaS product that meets all of them. So you're going to build it from scratch. The lot, most likely place you'll turn is D3 um, right. for online visualization, which it's an incredibly powerful tool, but there's a reason why there are five dozen abstractions on top of D3 for easier um JavaScript porting. So that's one factor. Another factor is if you're going to be exporting in PDF, now you're talking about a completely different library that needs to take some kind of visualization and then put it into a document form. Also that typically leads to Word like Office products. Um, I doubt open office, but you know, you're, you're going to get clients that say, Hey, we don't use or we don't want PDF, we want um, something that we can import into our own documents or our own slides or something, and a PDF doesn't work. Uh, spreadsheets, whether it's Google Sheets, uh, CSV, you know, Excel, SL, whatever for Excel, um, you've got those different types of export pro like processes. And then based on all of that you also have to figure out which if i guess the the thing going back to the database is are all is this reporting system going to be pulling data from your transaction based system or is it going to be off of like a follower database that won't be affected by number crunching and stuff like that right so analytical database versus transactional. So based on all that thinking of the product, that's where I feel like the problem that I have right now with the way you're hiring is that it seems really unfocused to me because okay. you started out this conversation with, we are going to build a new feature. We need to bring on a new developer. But it's already, I don't, I do not have any clue as an outsider, this person may not work on the new feature, but you've already designated that the other two guy, two people on your team don't have a whole lot of background in reporting. Um, it seems like you're going to hire a generalist to work with two other generalists for a brand new feature you need. And to me, it's like, if you are building a new feature, you need to bring in someone whose priority is that new feature. And then once they're done with it, 
they can, there's obviously, if you hire someone with Postgres and Django experience, you can reprioritize what they need to do after. <clears throat> but right now, it seems like you're bringing on a generalist when you need more of a specialist. And I think that that's due to the fact that I, A, the the features are, the, the whole reporting feature set is undefined or still undergoing definition, I should say. Um, so we're working that out between sales, between, um, client relations and between development, as far as what are we going to build? How are we going to charge for it? What pieces of data are we going to, um, have accessible to the users? Um, so that's still going on. And I'm not convinced that the prefer, the person coming in will jump right in and be working on this. They may come in and backfill one of my other two developers who goes on to build the report writing system, um, mm -hmm. the report creation system, simply because there's enough need of knowledge of the data um, that using one of the existing developers makes sense. Um, what I don't want to get trapped in is bringing in somebody who can, who knows how to write report, uh, writing systems and then can't do the rest of the maintenance. Um, especially since I've already had conversation with the developers and they're like, listen, we feel we need to be a, a large part of the creation of this feature. So um, your point's valid. I'm just not sure that I have another way around it right now. Uh, yeah, I mean, I'm not, I don't think you're ever going to find a developer unless you're building some project that is a complete like there's no need for this kind of thing. Obviously reporting and for this, for this company a reporting feature is important. Your developers are never going to tell you that they shouldn't be involved. It's up to you to decide, you know what? I need yeah. to focus on what we're doing day to day, not this new feature. And it's, you have to juggle it. Like it's an ego thing. Oh, you're, we're not good enough to work on this new feature is really an attitude that some engineers will take. But I like I feel like I don't know right now I do not like the way you're going about it. Okay, <laughs> and I'm and I'm saying it in a positive, trying to trying to be constructive. It's it really sounds like you want you 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 mentioned you want an inclusive um, hiring process. You want to get past the idea that you will put out a job description that will exclude people that have imposter syndrome, but you want them to come in and be able to do way more than like the only person right now that I feel like would qualify for the generalistic approach of what you're trying to do is someone that has no imposter syndrome because you just put so much on their ability to like this reporting feature is the driving is what's driven the whole thing from the, from the way you started it. Now you've changed it in the middle of our conversation, but if they can't do any reporting at all, are you hiring them? They have no background in reporting. Are you going to hire that person? Potentially. Because if, if they're, if they're a strong Django Postgres developer, yes, that, that, That'll serve and we'll figure out the reporting amongst the developers, amongst the ones we've got. What if they're stronger as a developer than your current developers? I don't necessarily see where that's an issue. What What's the question there? Are you going to hire someone who by the definition of their experience would be more in charge of decisions than the current developers? Or are you going to hire someone 
Like I'd I'd be surprised. I'd be surprised if at the salary level we're working with that that happens. Okay. So really, then this is not about the feet new feature at all. This is really you just no, and and maybe it, maybe I introduced it incorrectly. It's more that the new potential feature has opened up the revenue stream potentially to allow us to bring in another person, whether that new person focuses on that uh, reporting feature or not is almost irrelevant. Um, And I think, I think the other conversation to have, which has been in the back of my mind and I just haven't done it yet. And I will do it before we post a job posting is the build versus buy decision. Um, Cause report creation has been solved. Um, yeah. It's been solved a thousand times, a thousand different ways. I wouldn't build it personally. Yeah. I, I would I, find, I would buy it. That, and that's, that's where I'm, I'm, I haven't done enough research into tools. I just know there's a lot out there. Um, what I don't want, what I think we won't get away with, um, at least from the, the, the vision of the CEO and, and sales and product and all that, is we're going to have to make it look a lot like our current products. We can't just have a bolt-on to where somebody comes into our system and if they want a report, generation, a report generated, they click on a link and it takes them to some other thing that looks completely different um from our why current. do you think that's a big deal um i think it's a big and again it's a it's a conversation to have um i don't i don't know that it's a requirement i think it's a big deal because um i think the vision of the ceo and sales and product is that this is all part of our system and if if there's a jarring change in user interface all of a sudden it's going to feel wonky well are you well i guess what i would say then i think you're going you're taking the without having context for all the discussions start small agreed like i have yet to encounter any SaaS product i've used with reporting where at the very beginning, I expected to have fully customized reports. That means even changing date ranges at the beginning. Right. Like what I always was frustrated with is when I had a SaaS product with zero reports, like no kind of analytical. And I'm like, I can't even get a PDF of the last year of data usage or something. So as soon as they provided me with that, in a document format, I was at least, that was step one. Well, step two but, was, but, but we're, we're, I'll let you continue the steps in a minute, but the nature of our product in and of itself is a reporting system. It's a report dashboard yeah. to some degree. Yeah. So we're already past steps that okay. what probably steps one through three, but I want you to continue. Well, it, it, it's just a matter of, once you, you start giving them, you, you give the client static data that you think is important to them. And then the, the clients, the client base starts to give you feedback as to, we need this expanded. We need different uses for this. We need to be able to import it into our systems, whether it's a CSV file, import, Excel, or an API. And then you decide what different visualizations and formats need to go into this based on that feedback over time versus the the way I would never do it is let's give a, our users a reporting engine from day one, unless, of course, like you said, this is the basis of the product. So if you've already gone, if you're already providing reporting, to, to the extent that your reporting system 
what you're talking about now is we need to provide our clients with the ability to manipulate their own data. Is that what you're saying? Yeah, to some degree that they were, we provide specialized insights into um, the data that, that comes from their system. That is the, that is the base of the product is that there are very specialized mostly uncustomizable insights into their data. We do some manipulation and we, we display it. What is being talked about is taking some of the, allowing the client to be able to take some of the components of what we produce and export that data, um, not modify our main product because that's not the direction we're going, but because we have access to all that data and because there's not another solution for in the market that does a good job of providing a report creation system, we're Mm -hmm. looking at potentially adding that. We already have the data. We want them to be able to write reports off of it. And we've already talked about keeping it small to begin with. We're not going to allow, we're not going to say here, here's 30 criteria. You can go any date range. You can manipulate it 30 ways. We're, we're very specifically talking about starting with, okay, you can take a couple criteria and you can modify it like this. And we're going to tweak and change and, and find out the other pieces that are being looked for but in, it, in order to do that, we initially have to build the system to where it can, and, and this is always a dangerous statement, um, hmm. to where it can be flexible enough to take on future requirements. Yeah, um, flexible, and, but, flexible but for typical, users is that's com- typical development. Yeah, I mean, flexible for users is complex for you. Right. So I guess, so we're getting off the whole topic. Which that's is okay. Well, this is, we're kind of going around around it. So, I mean, yeah, we could talk all day about feature, flushing out features and the scope and build versus buy, but going back to the bottom line, irregardless irregardless of this feature for reporting, you want to hire a new developer. You, You have potential funding that will allow you to hire them. You have a need for increased work, like you have enough tasks to keep that person busy. You don't envision that the salary level will bring someone on board that is more senior than your existing team. So really, I would say this whole reporting feature has nothing to do with the job description you're writing. That is a fair Large statement. Line. The only the only okay. thing it has to do with the job description I'm writing is that it provides the justification to do so. Okay. So now we're ignoring reporting experience. We're mm-hmm. thinking about an additional team member with a certain threshold of experience with Python and Django and a certain threshold of experience with relational databases. Preferably Postgres, not required. Right. Um, what level of ramping up and learning do you are you okay with for this person? On a on a Python Postgres level versus sure. Obviously, and, and, and everyone's got to ramp you up. You keep saying your- uh, this is this is one distinction I want to be very clear about because. Uh, it's something I'm going to be very clear about in the job description. So this is a good topic. Um, you keep saying Python. I keep saying Django. Um, and I'm being very intentional about that. Okay. Um, because, yes, Django's written in Python. But if I put a Python requirement out there... Mm-hmm. Python is huge in the um big data world right now i'm not looking for big data people who can write big data algorithms in python yep makes sense i'm looking for people who can use django to write web services 
So it, it's almost a different language. Just the the way the 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 that big data has taken over Python. Um, I have to be very intentional about saying this is a Django job. This is not a Python job. Okay, great. Um, so no, no, that totally makes sense, and I I agree with that, and that's my my lack of like root in the Ruby world. I'm not worried about people that like Ruby is snow rails typically like, um, so it's not as big of a concern, but it's definitely a concern in the Python world. So now you've got Django, you got Django and relational database. What about testing libraries that you all use? Are there any, I should say, let me just back up. Are there any particular, Python libraries besides Django that you're like, it's really important because we depend on this one key thing a lot. We have so many different libraries that, again, they're Django extensions, they're Django libraries um, that I'm not. And and in talking to the developers, we we don't necessarily feel that any of them are, are hardcore requirements. You mentioned D3 earlier. Yes, we do a decent amount in D3. That's a different discussion we'll get to in a minute. Um, but we certainly, I think at the end of the day, I'm going to end up with the job requirements are Django and relational. And what I, the, the, the next direction I want to go with is I want to say something to the effect of, we have other languages and technologies that we currently use or are currently on our roadmap. And those include and that can be a list of 10 or 15 things. Um, and it, it, the statement's going to be, this is what our, this is what things we're looking at. Mm. If you're interested in joining us to expand your knowledge in those areas, this is a place for you. Something along those lines. So, well, okay. See, I'm, I'm see, only see where I'm going with that? I'm, yeah, I do, but I also I am arguing against that based on your earlier statement of inc- being inclusive. Right. I think that I don't. Anytime I read a job description, if they put the word Haskell on it, I do not take that with a grain of salt. And you're acting like people should read this job description and take these additional ones with either a recruiting device. I will, I want to learn that or it doesn't matter if I know it or not. And I don't think that you're going to find, you're going to find perhaps experienced white male developers that are fine with that. And you're going to exclude the other groups who think, I need to meet that. And by the way, I, th- I find it real funny that uh, two white males are determining what uh, what, yeah. what reads well. <laughs> but, and and but I, yes. know, I know, I know. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we could we sh- we could bring someone else on to talk about it, but we're that we got what we got. But yeah. yeah. So I do. anyway, it, it, I I hear what you're saying, but if if that's the case, then the job requirement should sit. It should be two sentences. It should be. You need to know Django. You need to know relational databases, preferably Postgres. End of job description. What's wrong with that? Yeah, there might be some words around it about what a what what we do as a company and and the fact that we're remote and distributed and so on and so forth. But at the end of the day, the job requirements are two sentences. Is that well? I, I don't feel that's descriptive enough of what we do. Okay, well, that's my, I guess my point is you're hedging around the fact that you want someone to have all these skills, but you don't no, really no, no. want them. I, ne- I never said I want them to have all those skills. I want them to, it, it is, it is two-sided. Okay, it's a two-sided coin and you picked up on it. Okay, because I, I think of the way I phrased it. I want it to be A, a recruiting tool of Oh yeah, you know, and one of those things would probably be GraphQL. I'd like to learn GraphQL. That this looks like a place I can go do that. Um, 
without it being a requirement. Uh, the other side is if they have these skills, hey, that's great. That means we're not teaching it. Um, at the end of the day, unless they're experts in it, they're going to have to learn something about those things anyway. So I see it more as the, the, the emphasis I'm aiming for is more the recruiting side um, than the requirement side. So, okay. So you've got in this job description, you're going to have one legalities around equal opportunity type of stuff. Probably you're going to have job requirements. We've determined that would be Django and relational databases with a certain amount of experience. Mm -hmm. Um, Then you've got how the company works, what the product is, how the team is set up. I would say going into the requirements would actually, I would put remote because if it's a person that needs an office, you're not providing an office. That's fair. So you definitely need the remote experience. Like I've only had one or two remote companies. Like the only time that I've ever had a company say, tell us about how you work remotely are companies that are completely 100% remote because they've actually brought in people before and realized, oh, we didn't check on this part. And then that person didn't work out. So I think it's important that if someone's like, oh, well, I've worked in an office my whole life, I I think it'd be cool to work remote. That's where you got to have like a warning flag because. Yeah, agreed. That's like a job requirement is remote. Um, What about. And, And I'm okay. I'm okay doing exactly what you said, which was legalities, job requirements, things about the company and putting all those other technologies down in the things about the company. Yeah, I would do that. Because yeah, that says that says the requirements are here. Here's all the other stuff that we do, but we're not equating requirements to all the other stuff we do. Um, other things I like to know, other than like compensation and benefits, what I also really like to know is, am I supposed to supply my own technology or is the company providing t- the tools? Yeah, that's fair. That's fair. Um, um, so, so te- let's let let uh, go ahead and finish. Go ahead and finish. Te- uh, the one one the one area in Rails that I can say it's beneficial if you know this library is around testing. Like we have sure. Rails test, we have Mini test, and we have RSpec, which are the three predominant testing platforms, and to bring on a militant mini test person who hates RSpec would be contradictory to what our team would necessarily use on rails. And people are kind of dumb about it. They really choose one and then hate the others for whatever reason, ignorantly in my opinion, but still people do it. So I would be like, Hey, if you all have a deep subscription to a particular Django testing suite, I would probably make a point of that. Um, we, we, we have our way of doing things with within the Django test and, and a very specific way. Um, again, if it's not a requirement, but is down in the how the company works. Yeah. Any Anybody who is, as you said, a, a, a very religious uh, believer in a specific way, and we're doing it a different way, is going to disqualify themselves. Um, How many years? That's okay. That that's a that's an okay statement. What's your threshold for years of experience? Uh, I'm I'm so that's that's a topic of conversation. Um, I don't want I, I I don't know that years tells me as much as talk to me about the projects and this gets more into the interview area, right? Talk to me about the projects you've done in Django. Um, t- tell me what you've done. Tell me what, what sp- significant things you've added to a project or worked on in a project. Um, I would say a year of doing that is probably enough. I don't want somebody who just finished their Django book. So I'm willing to say a year. Um, I don't need to say three or five or 10. Um, or, or as you've seen in job descriptions out there, you know, 15 years of React experience. 
Um, so let me ask you this. Would you hire, if I, knowing my experience over 20 years, mm-hmm. would you hire me for this role if I had only been working in Django for a year? Me. Uh, this, this ties to the salary discussion, right? No, 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 nope, nope, not salary. I'm working for whatever you give. I'm working for whatever you give. Okay. Would I hire you with one year of Django experience? Yes. Okay. That's interesting. Knowing what I know, again, it's an odd question. I I wouldn't do I, do I, do I, no, no, I'm not saying, I'm not saying that I'm saying, do I know everything about you when you're asking that question or am I supposed to not know everything about you and you just come to me with a resume and you don't know enough. Well, I I guess what I'm saying, I, what I'm saying is I wouldn't hire me with one year of Django experience. I would, I would, if, if, if in the interview process, we've talked about the Django projects you've done and I'm not talking about you did Django projects five years ago and you haven't done anything since. We're talking about probably recent Django experience to where it's not all that rusty. You haven't overlaid it with other stuff. How many projects is someone going to have in one year Django? Like I, I how many? Like, how many? They're not going to necessarily have significant projects they've done on their own. They have contributed to projects potentially. Yeah, I'm just I'm thinking about more of a like I. I mean, myself as an example may be bad. I'm trying to think about the average developer and their ability to have deep experience or any level of experience in one year of any particular language for what you need. I feel like one year is for the role you've described. Unless you're saying, are you hiring junior? I'm hiring junior to equivalent level, which by the way, the salary is not going to support anything above that. So, uh, okay. Then one year is fine. Yeah. yeah, And and that's what, that's what I'm saying is. You're hiring junior. I'm probably hiring junior. I'm not (laughs) hiring fresh junior. I'm not hiring just learning Django Jr. I'm learning somebody who's done enough in Django to speak intelligently about it, but doesn't have all the scars. Okay, so we'll make mistakes, and that's to be expected. Okay, so, so, yeah, so that's that, clear that, to me. That's a, let's go, let's, let's go to one more thing, and let's wrap up on this topic, because I think this will <laughs> take the rest of the time. Yeah. Salary. There is a lot of discussion currently about salary should be part of the job description. Mm. Knowing. Yeah, you're, you're exactly kind of where I am. I'm not a hundred percent comfortable with that. Um, because a, it's a disqualifier sometimes when it doesn't necessarily need to be, we're, we're probably not stuck to a single number. We're stuck to a range. Um, I don't want to necessarily overpay for one year of experience because the upper end of my range would not be one year of experience unless they've done great things. Right. Um, so Listing the salary as part of the job description is not something I want to particularly do. I mean, the the thing about on the higher on the hiree side, which I feel like I've I feel like as a consultant, I've been on the hiree side for like five years. But I always like to see salaries because it allows me to not waste time with lowball offers. Right. But the, on the flip side, I think it does, if you want to be inclusive, I think it does provide a pre-negotiation stance that is maybe less for later. Now, what I do hate is going through an interview process where there has been no discussion of ranges or... Um, 
like I don't like going too far into the timeline without getting those numbers. Yeah, but at the and very that's fair. at the very beginning, when there's a very like I don't care how much you work on this description, I don't know if starting the negotiations at the description is the best place to do it for a jun for a junior level because. What I hope you would find is that you go through the interviews and then you find the person you want the most. And that's when you need to start discussing the negotiation. And I think it's on you as the hiring company. What I, what I've gotten away from is where I drop the numbers as the hiree, because it's like, no, you're the one paying you be bold and give you start the number of the negotiation process. <clears throat> and I almost yeah, got as, hired as a hiring manager in the past. I've always, I've always wanted to go that direction of what are you looking for? Because I don't want to reveal too much, right. Yeah. As the hiring manager um, at the end of the day, I know what my upper range is. So if I give something close to my upper range with the qualifier that I believe that, the person is deserving of that based on experience, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Um, I'm okay with that nowadays. Um, I I'm okay with, I'm okay with absolutely not having a discussion of what are you looking for? What have you earned in the past? That sort of thing. Um, I've gotten away from that. Yeah. Um, it's, it's more of a, here's, here's what we, here's where, where we are. Um, salary wise. If this works for you, that's great. If it's if it's not even close, thank you for your time. That sort of thing. I mean, in terms of a specific number, like I don't really have one for you because it's a matter of how there's so many factors that go into it. Um, yeah. Experience being a big one, the impact it has on the rest of your employees is another because if you bring in someone and pay them an extra high salary, the people on your team that are have been like, "Hey, what are we? You know, no, yep. you've been here for so long." So you, you, there's all these factors that you have to deal with. So I don't really want to go after your number, the salary level, which I know I wouldn't work for anyway. <laughs> but <laughs> but but that's beside the point. It's really more of how are you going to? The other factor for you, the salary is a filter. It saves you time. Like in, in yeah. the hiring process, you're yeah. gonna put out a you're gonna put out a job description. You're gonna get a flood. You're gonna get a flood of pure applicants, people that are looking for a job or are curious about your job. And you're gonna get those. You're gonna get recruiters that you didn't hire that are going to try to call people like me and say, "I've got a job for you," and I'm representing it. And they they aren't, but they're gonna act right. like it. And so you're right. going to get all of these recruiters that are going to hammer you. You're going to get consultants, people like me, who are going to say, you don't need to hire a person. You can hire our team at triple the yeah. rate. Yeah. So you are going to, so you need to put on there like no agencies, no consultants, no, um, no like what you need to exclude who should be contacting you as a one filter, but the money is another. And if you are like, we're not hiring anyone at San Francisco rates or New York rates, that's one key factor. And that's why yeah. a ceiling number is a consideration to save you time. That's the reason For I sure. would put a number on there. Yeah. And that's why I agree that a number early is important. Um, but I kind of at least want to wait until I at least get the resume um, and, and, and have some sort of initial discussion to, to, to do some quick qualification. Um, yeah, but that's, uh, that's where we are. Um, by the time this episode airs, we will probably have the description out there. We'll probably have the posting out there. Um, if so, we'll put it in the show notes. If not, we'll... Uh, I mean, if you want to talk, if you want to work for me after hearing all of this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I don't call well, The thing is, I don't qualify. Like, when no, I'm not going, you. I, the, if the listener wants to work. For me, <laughs> I, 
I well, here's the thing. If you are looking for a junior level, like you keep saying junior or junior or expanded, that's wishful thinking. But based on your like everything you've talked about in the market have, today, yes, I agree. You're going to be hiring a junior. I mean, if they anyone that would want to consider working for you should go and listen to our previous episodes about topics around hiring, about management. And if you don't like what you hear, that's probably your better judgment because you and I are yeah. not, you're, we're not sugarcoating any of this for marketability. Like we don't turn around no, no. and you don't, you don't turn around and go, I need to be inclusive and then turn around and start yelling at people like a maniac. So yeah. like that, like us talking about all this, like the, the thing that's most human about this whole process of job descriptions and hiring is that there are flawed people hiring flawed people on like on either side. We're all flawed. Yeah. We we are looking for more than we're worth or we're undervaluing ourselves on the hiring side and on the recruiting or hiring side you are maybe thinking your company is better than it really is in the marketplace or the salary is worth what is worth it to people. Like you're we're all making yeah. guesses to try to hit this balance of Hey, you want to work for us, and we want to hire you. So, like the the debate that you and I are having is one that every person hiring goes through. For some sure. some people have been doing it more, so they have a a set way that they do it. Um, but the I think the the biggest key to it is I don't feel like if. It's, Maybe someone would listen to us and go, oh, you're so indecisive about this that we shouldn't, I don't want to work for you. But I'm just like, well, guess what? This is what happens when you hire people. You try to yeah, balance this is the human. This is the human struggle of it, right? Yeah. So, so, but the, the bigger thing I would say is, I guess the biggest issue out of everything we've talked about are you ready to support a junior developer? Because they need a heck of a lot more than what a senior developer comes in. That's my biggest concern now. Are you equipped yeah. as a manager well, and as a team? And, and here's here, here's here's when when I when I equivocate about junior or, or junior plus. Um, over the past twelve months, we've been having internal discussions. I've been having people brought to me as. Yeah, this guy just learned Python. Can we bring him on as a real junior developer? So <laughs> we, we've gone from no Django experience to some Django experience. So to me, that's an upgrade to where we've been. So that's that's why I equivocate it that way. Um, are we in a place, you know what? I can't answer that question. Um, it, we, the people we've had have not been senior level, enterprise level, trained multiple people, they've learned it on their own. Um, so I, I'm, I'm, I don't know that I'm looking for anybody that's not kind of in that mold. But I um, guess, but my, it's not about their ability to learn. It's about, is your team, are you and your team ready to support someone that needs that needs propping up? The short answer is yes. We've done that in the past. We've brought on, and not successfully because for for a variety of reasons, but I don't think the support angle was the reason. Um, We've brought on very junior people in the past and and worked with them to bring them up to speed. Um, Now, the fact that that didn't work could have had something to do with it, but it also could have had to do with the fact that we had put boundaries around the hours and things like that, which is not the case here. This is yeah. intended to be a full-time, you know, job that people can live on and, and be, and, and be market uh, equivalent on. So um, I, I, I think as a, as mentors, I, I know our lead developer enjoys doing that. Yeah. I don't have, definitive evidence that he's good at it 
but I don't have definitive evidence that he's not. That's not me disc that's not me insulting him. That's me saying I don't have that evidence. Well that so that's on I guess it's on I guess that my point is to you. It's gonna be on you to catch the slack if that person is not. Otherwise you're yeah. hiring a failing role. Yeah, and that's that's fair. And the last point is I taught a week of Python last year to or two years ago to a bunch of students. When do I yes. start? When should I start? Like, just did you teach know. Django? I, I know. I know that it starts with a D instead of a do you D. have do, <laughs> do you have a years of experience in projects with Django? If not, the answer is going to be no. I watched the movie. It didn't seem then to have much Python. No, because, no, there were no Pythons in that movie. Well, the, All yeah, right. I, I totally, yeah, I I do think you need, I don't think years of experience have as much to do with, as this person, do they understand your framework and do they have to come in and ramp up from scratch? And that's what, that is not going to pass. Right. All right, so we will uh, we'll keep track of how this goes, and and we'll talk in the future about the various um, processes involved in this if we if we continue down this path. I'm waiting. I'm waiting for. It's funny because a student brought to me uh, one of my ex or former students brought to me a um, a blog post about the the. It was like some kind of person hiring whining about how. We can't find enough developers. And I always want to say at X number of dollars, because it's there's lots of developers looking for jobs. It's about how many are you finding that are willing to work at the rates available? And, yeah, for sure. And that's like the bigger side. So that's what I'm most curious on is what kind of pool of applicants do you get based on the constraints you're, you that you have to put on the the role. That's what I yeah. want to hear about next. Yeah. Well, we will certainly talk about it when we get to that point or when we're past that point, probably. <laughs> so. All right, cool. All right. Thanks. Uh, talk to you later. Later. Thanks for listening to the CTO Think Podcast. Show notes and previous episodes can be found on our website at ctothink.com. Reviews on Apple iTunes are always appreciated and help promote the show. Patreon contributions help us to produce episode transcripts, which allow people that are deaf or hard of hearing to access the show. If you have feedback, ideas, or want to be a guest, please email us at hello at ctothink.com. Show music is Dumpster Dive by Mark Wallach, licensed by premiumbeat.com. Voiceover work by meganvoices.com. You'll hear from us next week. We'll be right back.